Welcome to the Texas Values Report. This is Jonathan Sines, president of Texas Values. Great to be with you on another glorious week in the state of Texas. There were raindrops in Central Texas. Can you believe it? All right, this is not a show about the weather. We talk about the issues of faith, family, and freedom in the arenas of the courts, the legislature, and the media. And a lot of times the work we do has an impact outside of the state of Texas, and there are folks that we work with from outside of the state of Texas as far as organizationally that have an impact and a positive impact on our work. And we're going to talk about that a little bit in just a minute with our guests. But I want to make sure, if you're watching on Facebook, that you take that Facebook feed, you uh, share it onto your personal page, put it into some groups, some chats, all that kind of good stuff. Let's get the conversation into the visibility of more people. Share this on my page just so you know, I'm following my own advice. And uh, because we're going to have a great and important conversation, a lot of kind of buzz after the Republican um, side of the debate last night. But there's a lot of things we'll talk about that relate to some things that came up in the debate and some things we're currently working on next week, September 1st, a lot of state laws go into effect. We'll get into that conversation. Um, And, you know, look, I mean, We put something out about that this week. If you haven't seen that, check our website, txvalues.org, so you can find out more information about what we do. Now, on the doorstep of my home is a, um, what do they call it? You know, just a a wipe your feet off pad, dustpan, whatever it's called, that says faith, family, and football, all right? So my son's high school has their first a game of the season, the official regular season game, not a scrimmage or practice. So that might get worked into the conversation today and for the next several months. I'm just letting you know now. And you should welcome that if you're from Texas. You understand how all those things come together. And Coach Kennedy's out there, all right? He's going to coach in his first game in seven years, and he's going to take a knee on the 50-yard line at the end of the game. So that is something to look forward to in the next three months. I'm certainly looking forward to it. But We want to make sure we've got some good time for our guest today, and she is a Texan herself, resides here in the state of Texas, but works for a national organization, and we've been doing work for quite some time. Jessica Hartsteinman is general counsel for uh, and director of litigation for America First Policy Institute. America First Policy Institute. Okay, I said it the right way. AFPI, (laughs) but she's got a long history of great work, working for Senator Cruz, also working in the Trump administration. She is a proud graduate of Baylor Law School and, of course, the University of Texas at Austin. Jessica, welcome to the Texas Values Report. Well, thanks for having me, Jonathan. Glad to be here. Um, I always follow the work Texas Values have been doing over the years, doing just great work. And I think a lot of what we do really aligns with what you're doing. And you just brought up the Coach Kennedy case. We actually filed a friend of the court brief in that case, um, supported First Liberty. And I know you're close with First Liberty, supported that case. Um, And I think it's important for everyone to realize you know, we won that case, but let's now, you know, get on the field and actually, you know, let's, you know, we won it. Let's go out there and pray on the field again. Um, You know, I think people on the conservative side are still scared to kind of do these things, but that's why we do take these cases to the Supreme Court and win. And, you know, let's get out there and, and show our, like you said, faith, family, and um, football. football. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, and look, I mean, some of that's sort of cultural, right? I mean, it's a part of a lot of communities. It's a part of our country, right? The high school Friday night, the Friday night lights, all that stuff that goes along with it. But so for so often, games started with a prayer or they took a knee before or afterwards. In this case, you had a coach deciding on his own to take a knee and got penalized and punished, was fired for it, and took seven or eight years to get victory. So I'm with you, right? You win victory. Let's go out there and proclaim it. Let's exercise 
that right that's now been granted by the U.S. Supreme Court, right? I mean, so harder, hard to get a higher authority, if you will, when it comes to a court case than the U.S. Supreme Court. And so, you know, and look, there are a lot of things that that we work on at the state level that your organization is involved in as well. Last time we saw each other, we were at an event out in Conroe, Texas. Riley Gaines was there, a very successful female athlete collegiately, but also leading the Save Women Sports issue. I want to talk a little bit about that in our time together. But before we get into some discussion about some specific details, tell us a little bit about America First Policy Institute and the current work that you're doing there with this great organization. Exactly. So America First Policy Institute, AFPI for short, I know there's too many acronyms in the the federal government, uh, but another acronym I'm throwing at you. But we're a think tank that started from the Trump administration. So started, you know, right after the Trump administration ended. And most of us worked, most if not all of us worked, you know, senior officials in different executive branches and at the White House. So we were started by Brooke Rollins, who is the head of Trump's Domestic Policy Council, kind of the, the policy branch in the White House. And then um, along with Larry Kudlow and Newt Gingrich is on our board, a lot of uh, former secretaries, former Secretary Perry, um, got some former governors. I mean, it's a a wide range of, um, again, people that worked in the administration, but also kind of around our nation, really thought leaders in this area come together and started this think tank about two years ago. And we went from, you know, then zero people to about 150 staff now, um, reaching all of I think we have 22 policy centers now. So really hitting all those different topics um, that really the federal government, you know, did. And now we're kind of doing it from our side, the conservative side outside of the White House. Um, And again, a lot of the work I do is, you know, the litigation side. So really pushing back against, you know, this woke agenda that we're seeing from the Biden administration and, you know, trying to protect our American way of life and our constitution. Well, look, we're looking forward to seeing you in person again. Jessica is going to be speaking at our sixth annual policy event, the Texas Faith, Family, and Freedom Forum. If you haven't gotten your tickets yet, September 15th and 16th, it is a dynamite all-American lineup. All right, I'm going to put a couple more sports themes in there. We're in baseball season. It's an all-star lineup, right? And by the way, I think the Astros are almost in first place. All right, we'll talk about that later. But, you know, uh, so Jessica will be there. Go to our website, txvalues.org. It's a two-day event. Just a wonderful group of speakers. I think close to 30 speakers. There are going to be some breakout panels, a lot of opportunity to get updated with the current issues that affect you here in the state of Texas, but are also happening around the country. And bringing that expertise, people like Jessica Hartz-Diamond and others that will be coming and letting you know they're working on different things. And you're right, our good friend Brooke Rollins is there with AFPI, a Texan herself for many years, led the organization that's across the street from us, Texas Public Policy Foundation, here in Austin, Texas, right there on Congress. And so love seeing the great work that y'all are doing up there. But it's not just around the country. I mean, it's right here in Texas. There's a court case that you guys are involved in right now. Tell us Mm -hmm. a little bit about that. Yeah, so, and that's the thing, you know, we keep thinking, and I'm from Texas, Brooks from Texas, um, you know, we keep thinking, oh, this isn't happening here in Texas. And we are lucky to have, you know, some great conservative leaders that I think statewide have kept, a lot, you know, great laws, and I think we're going to talk about a few of them, but, um, you know, the left is here in Texas, and they're, you know, really trying to get at the interesting case you talked about, we're actually representing a school district um, in a small town here in Texas against the ACLU on some Title IX violations. And it, it's a really interesting case. I think this will shock quite a few of you. Um, the parents of a young girl, they started transitioning that girl around 18 months. 
Good I mean, grief. I, I just, yeah, I'm like, I, I'm a new mom, have a, a 11 month old right now. And I'm like, in a couple months, you know, how would you even 18 months? I mean, it's shocking. Um, they actually went to Austin County clerk, had the birth certificate legally changed around, you know, around four or five years old. A couple years later, moved us up to present day. They're now the ACLU has come in again, a small town outside of Fort Worth. Um, they would like the child to be able to use the boys' facilities, locker rooms. The school was actually trying to accommodate them by giving them a separate, the nurse's facility to use. But again, um, the parents did not want to do that. They had the ACLU behind them. Luckily, we've been working with them through the administrative appeals, um, and the ACLU has backed down, I think, because we came in. But I want, you know, I want people to be aware that us and, and people like you, Jonathan, are are out there and ready to defend if this happens to you. And I, th I think the worry is um, you come into a town, this, you know, the superintendent of the school board, is, you know, the ACLU sees dollar signs, you know, threatens them with, you know, intimidation, basically saying, we're going to bring this lawsuit and you might owe, you know, millions of dollars back to us in attorney's fees and court costs and, you know, fees to the parents. Um, you know, a small town is worried about that on their taxpayers. And, you know, really, again, intimidating local officials that have great conservative values. And so, I, you know, I want listeners to know that entities like yours and mine are here to really help be behind you when this happens. Well, it's good to be proactive, too, right? I mean, you know, to help people before it gets to litigation, if you can avoid it, that's yeah. great. And I see it all the time, right? People, sometimes the ACLU doesn't even show up and they're like, oh, the ACLU is going to sue us. And I'm like, how do you know that? I mean, they make those assumptions. And so sometimes I think it's an excuse, but whatever the case may be, they sort of surrender before the battles even started. They feel like no one's going to look out for them. I don't know who to call. Where do we turn? As a matter of fact, we sent a letter out to all 1,200 school districts and a few more through the state of Texas with a letter that's about two or three pages outlining some of the new state laws, some that carried over from last legislative session that continue to be really important that relate to some of the topics that you're talking about. You know, we got a, a current state law from two years ago that says that you can't allow boys to compete in girls sports, which would mean the boys should not be in the girls locker room either. And so a lot of great precedent there and a lot of great help if people need it. I encourage them to reach out to your organization and ours as well if we can be assistance. And so, but it is important for those parents. We, we're involved in some of those issues here in Round Rock ISD and other school districts. It can be very difficult to go through that that um, school district policy sometimes or, or their complaint policy and uh, procedure just to get through some of those steps. So it's good to have people by their side. And, and a lot of times, sometimes it is the school district. It's not a parent that's concerned about it. It's a school district saying, hey, this is being thrown at us. We're not sure what to do. So we'll be keeping our eye on how that turns out. Maybe you can talk a little bit about that when you're speaking in our event here in Austin in September yeah. 15th and 16th. But it's not just you and I talking about it. This issue came up in the, the debate last night for the Republican side of the primary. Um, I think Nikki Haley made a comment about that towards the end of, of the debate. I don't remember if there was a question asked or why it came up, but at some point she blurted out and we, you know, we shouldn't have men um, in girls locker rooms. And so I think it was something she had planned to say and worked it into the commentary, but a lot of people were talking about this issue, right? We see it on the sports issue and other settings. We're back in school. And I think you're going to see more and more schools being pushed or being pressured in different ways um, on these issues. And so, and look, when you go into federal court, if some of these things do, you've got to your point, 
former Trump administration uh, member of that team, you got a lot of new judges from the Trump administration that are on these courts in Texas and in others that I feel like we got a lot of confidence are going to, you know, these are going to be common sense issues and they're going to fall on the right side of it. Uh, tell us, I mean, you've been, how long has this been a couple, has it been a year, year and a half? How long have you been with AFPI? I've been there about two years. Yeah. yeah. So two years, probably almost, you know, close to that time of the Trump administration, you know, and, and look, with the Biden administration there, it does feel like the left thinks now we've got more cover from the DOJ and others, and we can be a little bit more, you know, reckless or take some chances and throw out a lot more lawsuits. That's why it's important to have uh, a group like yours. Um, tell us about your view, excuse me, personally, why it was so important for you to get involved in this work. I know that's a part of the history of what you've done. You talked yeah. about being a young mother, but, um, you know, what motivates you to be involved in this work? Yeah, I mean, I went, like you, went to law school and I started off um, at a big firm, loved the firm I work at, but, you know, I was really just finding a lot of my passion and kind of my side projects and in politics and policy. Um, and so I decided to kind of leave the big firm commercial world and really get involved in, um, you know, government work. I worked for Senator Cruz, worked for the Trump administration, and um, obviously not going to stay up there in, in D.C. and the administration how it currently is. And so this is, you know, where I found after the Trump administration that we could kind of continue that work. Um, I absolutely love my job at the Trump administration. I was um, appointed by President Trump as the director director of the Office for Victims of Crime. And so I oversaw about $9 billion um, that's all financed actually through criminal penalties, so not taxpayer revenue, but that money goes back into supporting victims of crime. And so a big piece of it that we see here in Texas is obviously um, we were the largest federal funder to combat human trafficking. And so that's um, what a lot of my work was at DOJ is really combating human trafficking, which we're seeing, again, a, uh, just an influx of now. I think the current, um, what I heard recently is, you know, the cartels are actually focusing and making more money on trafficking humans as mm. opposed to um, illicit drug sales. I mean, wow. it's just, uh, it's the numbers have gone up. It's, it, sadly, it's a more profitable business. Well, it's just more evidence of, you know, problems that continue to grow bigger with things that relate to the border security issues that are really important for us here in Texas because of how many of those miles stretch between us in Mexico. Uh, that was talked about a little bit last night in the presidential debate, um, as you might expect, right? I mean, um, it's a little bit more on our mind here as Texans, but, you know, yeah. as Governor Abbott, you know, puts uh, people that are coming across the border illegally on buses and sends them to other states, I guess now the rest of the country is figuring out what we, you know, we've been dealing with for so long. But there are so many different aspects of that, too, that come along with it. Unfortunately, that can be devastating to individuals, also to families, to the particular communities. And so wonderful work that you've been involved in uh, before with the Trump administration and a lot of people that either stayed there in D.C. or came back to their particular state like yourself and to do to use that great experience to do work because we're in the middle of some really important battles. I mean, we talked mm -hmm. about the sports issues, some things that are going on in these school districts. We know the Biden administration is trying to trying to change agency rules in some of these issues. They've grappled with it. They're not really sure what they're going to do. So when you've got an administration that is out of control, that is not going through Congress, it can create a lot of problems. We see a lot mm -hmm. of focus back on on what's happening at the state. And so, um, and look, you, I know you are not just involved in litigation here in Texas in that particular issue. You guys have a, um, several different lawsuits and fronts that y'all fight on. I was looking a little bit about some of the topics, right? So um, uh, military service, 
protecting families, right? The economy. Tell us a little bit about some of the broad range that AFPI gets involved in. Yeah, I mean, it is broad, um, and I, I failed to mention earlier, our executive director is former DHS Secretary Chad Wolf. So, you know, obviously Homeland Security, human trafficking um, is a huge piece. I work closely um, with the Law and Justice Center. So that's headed up by former U.S. Attorney, or former U.S. Attorney um, Matthew Whitaker and Pam Bondi, former Florida uh, Attorney General. So I work closely with Pam and Matt, um, again, bringing litigation, but kind of on the, what we're seeing now, I mean, our big topic is this weaponization of government that you're seeing yeah. from the Biden administration. Um, that's just, you know, something that I think none of us thought we would see. Um, gosh, everything from Linda McMahon is our um, chair of the board. She ran the Small Business Association, uh, administration, sorry, administration under Trump. Um, and she just has a wealth of knowledge in kind of the the labor area. I mean, I think again, if it was a if it was a U.S. agency, we probably have somebody on our team that's working it. And I think the interesting thing, like I said, we we basically took the policies that we use in the Trump administration, and we're continuing, you know, to push those policies. And I know you're pushing a lot of the same policies. And I think that's what's important is that if you have the right um, policy, and I think we do on the conservative side you know, we're going to win. And it's just a matter of time of, you know, just continually pushing it. And you talked about the, you know, boys and girls sports thing. I think, you know, that's a topic that 70% or so of America agrees with. I mean, it's just, and so again, if you're on the right side of the battle, we're going to win it. It's just, you know, being persistent um, and finding great spokespeople like Riley Gaines and that are going to, you know, have the courage had, to stand up. Had you had you met her before our event out in uh, the North part of Houston? I had um, briefly before we'd done a little work with her at AFPI, um, kind of when she first got it started just coming out and speaking. But I know she's yeah. you know done a ton of work with y'all, and I think she's going to be at the conference coming She'll up. She'll be at our conference on September 15th and 16th. Yeah. She's quite dynamic. It helps when you've got somebody out front like that, though, that has yes. that history, that's competed in athletics. She she was forced to compete against a male swimmer, not any male swimmer, but Leah Thomas, the guy that swum, that was a swimmer that switched from men to women's was at the NCAA championships and all the stuff that came from that. But you talk about the weapons, weaponization of the DOJ and, you know, not to get political, but as far as relevance, that issue came up in the Republican debate last night. It's been a concern that conservatives and a lot of common sense people, even probably people on the left too, uh, have concerns about this. I don't know if it was um, DeSantis or Vivek, but someone brought up the point of, I think it was Tim Scott, actually, that at one point you had people from the DOJ or it was reported considering parents as domestic terrorists, right? Oh, I mean, these yeah. are some of the new laws we have in the state of Texas yeah. that empower parents to make sure they know what's being taught in their schools, to make sure that they can continue to be informed and then that their role is respected. And I think that's one of the things we've seen the biggest concerns here in Texas is the DOJ and people like them going after regular citizens, not, you know, not to mention our former president, but to, you're right, weaponizing the DOJ in a way that I think people would never have thought before. And it's a major problem. I'm glad you guys are pushing back on that. Yeah, we have um, a parental rights case right now in Colorado um, and, and again, we, we've got to push back on these school districts that are doing, I think, I know you're doing a ton of this type of work too, but it's an interesting case. The, the daughters went to an after-school art club, came home, um, told their parents they were transitioning to, from girls to boys. It ended up this, this art, you know, art club was actually a transitioning club. Um, parents got no parental notice, no opt-in, you know, no curriculum, um, they were told in this club, you know, what happens here stays here. Your parents aren't safe. Um, if you don't feel comfortable in your body, 
that you should transition. And again, this is 12 year old girls. I mean, what 12 year old girl does feel comfortable in their body? Um, and so we, you know, we've brought a lawsuit under the due process clause of the 14th amendment, a parent's right. Um, you know, the parents are the ones under the 14th amendment that can direct the child's education. So, it, you right. know, it shouldn't be the government, it's your parents. And so I think, and I know you're doing a ton of work on this too, but it's so important that we we don't back down and we have strong, brave parents that will stand up and, um, and help us file these lawsuits to really, you know, push back against what we're seeing that um, I think a lot of us started seeing during COVID. Um, well, and we, you know, we with- feared this is where a lot of these, the direction a lot of these things would go several years ago. Mm-hmm. And, you know, people said we were making too much of it. Yeah. And now here we are. And, and you have these situations like this where you're getting anecdotal evidence or you're getting reports one way or another that there's this secret policy you know you can't tell anybody hide these things from your parents you can't trust your parents and creating an incredibly dangerous environment for a variety of different ways right and not to mention um it being a serious violation of of parental rights and it's not just once we hear more and more reports about it and those are the things we hear about jessica to your point about the courageous parents uh, you know, look, your your ch- your son is not in school yet, um, and we'll probably be a lot more you know confident and courageous than the regular parent. But even still, it is tough when you're in those circumstances to come forward and be that Very parent that tough. says, "Hey, I'm not sure this is supposed to be happening. I'm just raising my hand over here saying uh, this doesn't seem right." Um, and you're going up against a powerful school district, or who knows? And so, mm-hmm. um, you know. I'm glad to see that more parents are doing that, but that does give us an opportunity for people to understand these things are really happening. These are not just hypotheticals and we got to step in and do something about it. And a lot of times the laws and protections, they already exist. It just needs someone like you and others to say, hey, we're going to make sure this gets enforced. Look, we could talk about a lot of these issues. That's why you got to have to, you got to come to our event, hear Jessica speak, talk about a lot of these different things that they're involved in. And some of the great work they're doing with our former colleagues at America First Policy Institute. Um, look, there's there's probably too much work for all of us to do. That's a good thing in some ways. Yes. In some ways, that's a bad thing. And we got to be mindful of that. That's why we partner with, with national groups so often to know what they're involved in, know what we're involved in, figure out how we can work together and get the same things accomplished. And so I really appreciate that. Um, but we'll hear more about that when Jessica speaks at our event at September 15th and 16th. And I think there's a Texas football game that weekend, Jessica. I know oh, being a, a Longhorn yourself. I didn't even- it's in town that's sort of my pitch to a lot of people come in town go to the event it ends at four the longhorn game starts at seven you'll be fine okay i gotta tell my husband now he's definitely gonna come up (laughs) so we're not playing baylor okay i think the game's like it's out of conference game it's uh wyoming i believe that texas is playing but uh anyway so we'll we might have some talk about that there at the event but listen it was great to have you on love all the work that you're doing good to stay in touch with you and i love that baby boy too i mean starting a family being a mother you know i got a high school senior it is such a great journey and so excited for you about that jessica hartz diamond from america first policy institute has been our guest today on the texas values report thanks jessica thanks jonathan all right, I got about three minutes left. Uh, it's good to see Jessica. She was at our event in Conroe, north part of Houston, with Riley Gaines. That event was packed out. Um, we ran out of room, and it got hot, even though there was air conditioning, in an amazing venue called the Honor Cafe. If you haven't been out there in Conroe, wonderful 
wonderful facility, a great restaurant, not to mention the fact the entire place is decked out with tributes to the American military services and different individuals. You got to check it out. Honor Cafe out in Conroe. Um, As I mentioned, we put out a blog post and a press release this week that we sent a letter to all 1,200 school districts and a few more, making them aware there's some laws going into effect in September 1. Here's how they work. Wink, wink. We want to encourage you to follow that because we know there's a pattern in history of entities like Texas Association of School Boards and others that oftentimes give school districts advice that uh, we see differently. Okay, I'll just say it that way. And so we're trying to be forward thinking, if you will, get ahead of those things happening. Um, We know a couple of those laws have been challenged, but the courts have not ruled on them, okay? They're going into effect on September 1 unless a court says they're not. Just because a lawsuit has filed is no reason for any of those school districts to say, oh, wait, we're going to see how this turns out. No, 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 no. That's not the way it works. When the law goes into effect on September 1, if a court has not stopped it, and and they might, there might be a ruling from a trial court, but I'm pretty confident the appellate court or the Texas Supreme Court or the Fifth Circuit is going to jump in and, uh, and, and put a stop to any hold on these laws. They'll go into effect. So we sent that letter out. You might want to send a note to your school district and say, hey, did you get that letter from Texas Values? I just want to make sure you saw that. But it's on our website, txvalues.org. You can see that. That's the kind of work we do, right? I have a law degree. I'm licensed to practice in the state of Texas. Mary Elizabeth, Jonathan Covey, all three of us have law backgrounds. And so we can put something together that's professional with some good detail to give the school district some guidance on this. And let me just say some encouragement to make sure that they follow the law and they know what it is. You know, sometimes people are legitimately unsure. So the policy events getting very close. If you haven't signed up yet, September 15th and 16th, if you're a student, 21 and younger, your ticket's free. All right. But you got to RSVP. You got to reserve it. You can't just show up at the door. Uh, We might let you in at the door, but I can't guarantee it. So don't take that chance. Reserve your free ticket now. Pastor tickets, yours are free. Everybody else, there is an admission charge, but it's pretty affordable. There's a great private dinner that night in conjunction with the event with Senator Brownback, speaking of Trump, former Trump administration uh, ambassador for religious freedom. Too much to cover on that event. TXValues.org. Check out the event. Don't be left out. Riley Gaines, Abby Johnson, a whole list of people. Uh, it's well worth the $25 for a two-day conference, which includes lunch. Uh, listen, while you're there, make a donation to Texas Values, all right? In order to do the 501c3 nonprofit work that we do, we need your financial support. We've got about a $2 million annual budget. Please consider supporting us today, and you can do that at txvalues.org. And we'll talk to you next week on the Texas Values Report.